action. Welcome to Torn Snubs, the trash movie podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and creative director of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk and Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you've never heard of. And we're going to the movies. Joshua and I have a big old shared film knowledge, but even we miss the good stuff from time to time. So in this episode, I've recommended Joshua watch a movie he's not yet seen. For this episode, I chose Heartbeats, directed by Xavier Dolan. This 2010 comedy drama sees a best friend duo, Francis and Marie. They have their friendship tested to the limit when they both become obsessed with a guy called Nicholas who they meet at a dinner party. Josh, what did you think? I love this film so much that I, as soon as I'd finished it, I went straight onto Amazon and bought basically all the other films that Xavier Dolan had done. <laughs> I did the same thing <laughs> about six months ago. Okay. <laughs> Which had, ones did you buy? So I'd already seen Tom at the Farm. I bought uh, It's Only the End of the World, Mommy, which I wanted to see for a while. Um, I need to get his first film as well, but it's like £45 for like a really old DVD version of it. Really? Um, got yeah. I got it for three quid. Fop advertising. <laughs> um, I completely fell under the spell of this film. It, I can't believe it's only Dolan's like second film. It's yeah. ridiculous. He was 21 years old when he made this. I'm always really hesitant to not mention people's ages because... I don't, I don't know if age necessarily denotes whether someone's going to be good or bad or not. And I don't know if, if there's any virtue in talking about the fact that someone makes a film like this so young. I think what's impressive is just the clarity of his vision. It is very succinct. It's, it's, yeah. it's, his personality is stamped all over this film. It's all about you know visual splendor. It's about uh, kind of nostalgia for the 60s in uh, Marie's outfits it's about it's, and it's, the music and the music but it's also about this emotional maturity that the emotional maturity of the film is is just ridiculous it's like it's not about love it's about infatuation yeah and everything in the film supports that and and he doesn't ever ever pretend it's about love mm. um and it it's knowing that he was only 21 when he made this and understanding the ways that obsession manifests and and playing that out not only in a dramatic way, but in a funny way as well. And in a kind of a heartfelt way. Um, it's just really fucking impressive. And I think we should say that it's impressive that a 21 year old made this because I just think that's amazing. It's, it's such an accomplishment. Like, well done him. It's great. Okay. So yeah, maybe looking at it that way. I just, I just never, I just never think age because people make a lot of, a lot of about age. They always say things like Orson Welles made Citizen Kane when he was 24 or, makes a great headline. It makes a great headline, but it's also I don't. Maybe sometimes it can serve to undermine the film. You know, yeah. There, there, there are so many great films made by directors not in their twenties and not in their thirties. Mm. They're in their forties and their fifties. Yeah, but I'm not saying that this is a great film, even though it's made by a twenty-one-year-old, or because it's made by a twenty-one-year-old. I'm just saying that that you know, I'm just saying that it's, that's an interesting wrinkle to the story. Okay, the opening monologues and the monologues that sort of pepper the film hmm. when i first watched it i was thinking oh god this nicholas he's had a lot of victims he's he's done this repeatedly <laughs> and then and then you realize maybe i think maybe halfway through you just think 
no, these are just people with their own stories of, yeah. of either they've been the victim or they've been the perpetrator, mm-hmm. if, 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 you know, if it's right to use those words. And then I just realized we've all been Nicholas and mm-hmm. we've all met a Nicholas. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's the beauty of it is that you, we've all met that guy who, for whatever reason, is, is just kind of this, it's like catnip or it, it's like, you know, that first sip of a beer or, you know, it's just like you, you want to be around them. You want to be around them and nothing is ever enough. Yeah. The great thing about those, I loved those, um, little like kind of interstitial to camera box pops, I guess they were. Cindy Rosenberg. (laughs) (laughs) And she's the one with the glasses. Yeah. She is my favorite. I don't know who those people were, but they were just brilliant. it. It was very, um, it was very when, uh, Harry met Sally. I've never seen that. Yeah, it, when did Harry Met Sally well? starts off with uh, couples talking about their relationships to camera, um, and this, uh, I guess, is kind of an homage to that. Um, but sometimes that can be jarring, and I think I'm thinking of Frost Nixon. Oh, I've not seen that. Where you have you have characters talking to the camera in an in like a behind the scenes interview style, intercut with the actual movie. And you kind of think, well, is this a fiction or is it a documentary? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in, who in are they the talking case, to and why? Well, exactly, yeah. But in the case of that, it was very jarring. But this, they weren't talking to the camera. They were talking to other people sat around the table right. that we can't see. It just happens that Xavier Dolan didn't move the camera away from this one individual person. Yeah. They're not, they don't, there's no fourth wall breaking. The camera isn't there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I really liked it. And it, it just added an interesting kind of texture to the film and... And it always followed that up with a very intimate kind of sequence with uh, either Marie or uh, Francis kind of in bed with a partner. Someone else who yeah. wasn't Nicholas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it, it's very interesting how the those kind of vignettes kind of developed. So it starts out with maybe talking about obsession and falling in love. And then, then it becomes about, it become about sex or... Or some or heartbreak, or and then the last one is, is when they realise that they need to move on, kind of yeah. thing. Visually, it's a bit of a treat as well. It's not overly stylized. It's it's not. It's hugely stylized. No, no, no. But in in the sense that it's not overly stylized in the kind of um, neon demon sense. Yeah. There's not like unnatural lighting in someone's kitchen. It's not suddenly you know a, a fashion film. The style is very much in keeping with the real life environment that they are mm-hmm. taking place in but it's done in such a, a cool sort of subtle way that you just it has a it has a, a, a distinct visual voice that doesn't undermine anything else it doesn't try to be something else yeah so Xavier Dolan's talked about hipsters and like his film is kind of like a little bit hipster chic to be honest like everyone's kind of appropriating a certain style or or attitude um and it doesn't it doesn't mean that the film lacks authenticity it just tells you something about the character mm-hmm. so you know that marie is performing um everything she does she, i thought she's fucking brilliant she's called monia chokri and she's just a fantastic actress and marie is just really mannered really awkward she's always done up to perfection um, in these amazing dresses. She's very Audrey Hepburn, yeah. Audrey Tautou. Because Nicholas of... loves right, Audrey Hepburn. Right, right. So she kind of turns herself into Audrey Hepburn. 
um and and when she's at the party and she's kind of drinking and there's this girl smoking looking at her and she kind of gives them this hilarious <laughs> kind of clown grin that just snaps straight back into rigor mortis face and she's just great but but everyone is is doing something to impress somebody else visually but isn't that isn't that part of the story that oh, yeah you know when you you meet when you become obsessed with someone mm. you you almost change you're almost like oh i want to conform to what they like so they like me even more or they, they not even more they like me so they take notice of me yeah and you buy them 500 dollars worth of a jumper that yeah is bright orange <laughs> <laughs> pure cashmere well yeah and uh, i got him a bowler hat was it a bowler hat no it was a a, bo- a boater boater yeah, yeah a straw yeah. Hat. the thing that i find really impressive about this film is that these three guys so Monia Shokri, obviously Xavier Delan and Niels Schneider, who plays Nicholas, they all met on uh, on Delan's first film, I Killed My Mother, and they became friends. And Xavier, he was meant to make Lawrence Always, which is the film that he actually made after this, which I haven't seen. And he the, the funding uh, got pushed back or the filming date got pushed back. And so Xavier Delan likes to make films like he he just loves existing on a set he loves that creative energy and he said no no i need to make a film this year it's a 21 year old guy he's like no i need to shoot this year i need to shoot this year and so him and niels and monia they actually went on a road trip across america together in a car and when they got back xavier said i'm going to write a script for the three of us to work together that's really sweet and this is the script that he wrote and i think he wrote it in like five days or it's like (laughs) for god's sake can you just stop uh and then they then they shot it. And I think they shot like a few days after he'd finished the script. It's just ridiculous. I think that's just a great story that this is a guy who says, I'm going to make a film. And did, just does it. And it's a fucking awesome film. Yeah. You know, and it, it's, it's what, ten, seven years old. And it still feels fresh and, and energetic and relevant now. I, th- I think that comes into what I want to talk about. When we say that a film is our favorite film or one of our favorite films, I think that taps into when we saw the film so a lot of our favorite films tend to be ones we saw in our formative years Mm. so people have a great affinity for star wars because they saw it as a kid and it you know it, it it really connects to them at a certain time and that connection stays with them into adult life i think when the film speaks to you so wonderfully and so clearly mm-hmm. and you have such a great connection then that's where it becomes one of your favorite films this film even though i i only saw it for the first time this year absolutely is definitely part of my top five so i put it in the same pile as a clockwork orange or clerks and lost highway those those three films had such a profound effect on me as a young guy getting into films you know, 15, 20 years ago, for this film to have such a power over me, I find it so, I find it so purely truthful and and succinct in its, in its story and how it, and how it talks about things like jealousy and deception and love and obsession and loss and self-control or, you know, lack lack thereof. Sorry? There's a lot going on in there. There's a lot going on in this film and it's, it's, there's no fat in this film. It's, it's very much, the bare essentials. I don't feel like anything's missing. I just find it so enjoyable to watch and incredibly inspiring. Yes, because he was 21, but also because it is just a genuinely great, well-made movie. And the fact that it was made away from the Hollywood system, if it was made 
in a studio, it would definitely have a different ending. The girl would definitely, definitely have ended up with Nicholas. And you wouldn't have that wonderful ending where it all starts again. That's, I just that's fucking my, love this movie. That's the <laughs> only it. thing that I, I didn't really like was the, the ending I thought was just a little bit too absurd. I felt like we'd gone on this journey with these guys and they've learned nothing. And I know that's because they're like, what, 25 years old and you don't really learn. But you don't learn. I know, I know. You don't learn. But it was like the exact same situation that they just got out of. Like, but yeah, but you know, you don't learn. I don't, I, I genuinely believe people don't learn from their mistakes. You can just identify them. <laughs> you can identify the triggers and you can identify the trouble coming. More, the, the more you experience it, yeah. the quicker you can identify. So no one learns from their mistakes. Do you learn from your mistakes? Oh, all the time. But do you? But you still make the same mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell you when I've figured out what they are. <laughs> The film doesn't get lazy. There's, I don't feel it falls into any sort of cliche at all. No, I think it it feels very um, it feels very honest and it, it feels uh, truthful. And it doesn't need to use cliches. It, I mean, it's got that. It's got a very kind of you know French Canadian feel to it, where it's it's not really about narrative. It's more about characters and what, they, what they're what they not saying to each other. Like they could have just sat down and had a conversation about this and said like, Nicholas, okay, who do you like? Do you like her or me or neither of us? But they don't. But and... that's not realistic. Well, no, it's when not have, realistic. When have you ever been in, in like a, a, a you know, a, a sort of love triangle situation where you go, okay, guys, sit down. You choose me or him. Yeah. Well, exactly. That doesn't happen. Well, that's a narrative, that's yeah. a narrative ploy, which this film doesn't use, which I think is great. I would absolutely recommend this film to anyone to everyone to watch it to watch it and to enjoy it to let it sink in and watch it again because it's i think it's i think it genuinely is a very special movie it's not available on streaming services but i'm really glad that i bought it on dvd like now i have it in my collection and actually you know i can put it in the little slot with all my other favorite films and be like right yeah i'm just i'm gonna add that i'm gonna store that i think this movie is one of those ones that over time it's gonna come away from the art house because it's kind of in the art house non-mainstream realm at the moment i think over time it's going to move into the mainstream and it's going to be considered a a seminal piece of cinema on this subject i think it's going to start appearing on sight and sound 100 greatest lists and empire magazine and IndieWire. i think it's going to be considered a, a very important piece of cinema that i don't think people realize it is now i just i just hope that doesn't take too long because the more people see this movie the better i just it's just spot on i loved it it's very inspiring so that was heartbeats directed by xavier dolan what did you all think tweet us your reviews and your thoughts to at torn stubs pod even if you're listening to this podcast way after you've heard it at the party that you met that bloke at And let's keep that party conversation going. Share the podcast far and wide and rate and review us on Apple Podcast because we'll love you for it. We're heading off to chase after the same guy. Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut!